Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inspire. Super excited for the guest speaker today. He's a buddy of mine I've gotten to know over the years. Uh, former New York Nick and Syracuse Orangeman, I got John Wallace on the line. John, how are you? Drew, what's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Family hanging in there? Everybody's good, man. As good as you could be during these times. Just fortunate and blessed myself to be actually still able to work. Um, and, you know, shout out and, you know, all the things go out to the first responders and all the medical people on the front lines and trying to bring this pandemic down to a, a reasonable level. So um, shout out to them and everyone else out there putting their uh, basically their life on the line to help us. They're, they're the true heroes these days. They're, you know, they're really putting their families on the line Absolutely. to, you know, get us back to our normalcy. So I, I agree with you 100 percent right there. So, listeners, I'm going to give you a little background. A lot of you may be familiar with uh, John, but I'm giving you a little bit of background on his career and uh, kind of where he is today. Uh, John is a graduate of Greece Athena High School in Rochester, New York. Uh, in 1992, he was a parade All-American. Uh, he went to the University of Syracuse and played for Jim Beheim. Uh, 1995 and 1996, he was All-Big East. Uh, 1996, he was the consensus second team All-American, and that year as well, in 96, he led Syracuse to the NCAA National Championship game. Uh, in that same year, with the National Championship, he was picked 18th overall by the New York Knicks. He played seven seasons in the NBA with the Knicks, Raptors, Pistons, Suns, and Heat. He had over 2,000 career points, over 1,000 career rebounds. He played a couple seasons overseas. And he also had a couple acting gigs, uh, probably best known for Lonnie from He Got Game, uh, the movie with Ray Allen and Denzel Washington. And since his playing days, he currently works, in, works with the New York Knicks on MSG 150 radio show. Uh, in February 29th, Syracuse University retired the number 44. And he also runs many of his own uh, basketball camps in the Westchester and Fairfield County areas for youth. Got a lot going on there, John. You've stayed pretty close to the game, which is you know, probably obvious because it's a passion of yours. Absolutely. And, Drew, you did a great job. You only made one mistake. So I, uh, the MSG 150, it's a, it's a sports talk show. It's not a radio show. It's, uh, it's on TV. Um, yeah, it's on TV, so it's a little bit different. I do some radio with the Knicks also, but the MSG 150 is actually uh, a sports talk show. All right, sorry about that. Don't don't no, throw no, don't good, don't, don't pin me against the wall when I see you again. <laughs> it's all good, my brother. It's all good. All right, all right. So you know, get, going into your uh, back in your high school days, you were an All American high school basketball player in '92, and then you transitioned to go play for Syracuse University, who at that time was right up there in the Big East, and one of the best programs in the country. Um, how was that transition from you, you know, from high school to college at such a high level? Well, it, it, it was it was hard, and I, I probably on the on the outside looking in, I, I probably made it look easier than it actually was. But it's a really a lot of hard work put in, and because w once you get to college, and as you know, Drew, everyone in college, especially at a college at the level of prestige of Syracuse, everyone at Syracuse on a full scholarship is the best player on their team, best player in their state. So how do you separate yourself? And it's all about your work ethic. And the guys who were committed to working um, ended up having a better career than the guys who ended up maybe partying a little bit too much or not taking it serious or 
didn't have the necessary drive or work ethic to be successful when everyone else has it. You know, it's it's it's, it's like survival of the fittest. And um, Coach Bayheim, just like every other coach, is going to play the best players and the players that give them the best chance to win. So um, if you're not up there doing what you got to do, you're not going to play. So the transition for me really was easy because I had um, great guards and Lawrence Moten and Adrian Autry who took – you know, the bulk of uh, the, the responsibility and all that to the game and made the game easier for me. I was I was very fortunate to just come in and have to, like, rebound and just catch and score a little bit. I didn't have to really create my own shot that often because of those guys uh, creating shots for me and making the game easier for me. Right, right. Now, each year, you know, as you said, you got to, you know, you have new guys coming in. Um, over your four years, you know, how was, what were your goals personally and collectively as a team, knowing the recruiting class that coming in, knowing the guys that graduated that year? You know, how was your guys' focus each year uh, stepping on campus? Well, for me personally, every year was adding something to my game. And the biggest thing, Drew, was confidence. So you add, you add things to your game during the summer, whatever. But then you have the confidence to do those things in the game when it comes fall and winter. And if, if you look at my stats, each year they got better, but each year I added something to my game and uh, went from not shooting threes to shooting threes a little bit to shooting threes sometimes to shooting threes all the time and shooting 42%. And that was just from like a tireless work, work ethic that I keep going back to. It, it, it all comes down to how hard you're willing to work. That's like the, the guys who, you know, there's no secret formula. There's no secret sauce. The guys who actually work the hardest probably going to be the most successful. You know, it has nothing to do with talent and all that. You got to be willing to work and put in the work to get better and add certain parts to your game. Um, what, 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 what can you do to help the team along with helping yourself at the same time, especially if you're trying to, position yourself to possibly get drafted or play professional basketball and not in the NBA, but overseas or, you know, so you want to put yourself in a position to make money playing basketball, which is the best job in the world. Cause it's something you've been doing for free your whole life. Yeah. You know, and, and as you're setting those goals, obviously you gotta, you know, doing those workouts and working hard, you have to have a purpose with each workout. As you said, you added a component to your game. So when you're going to do those workouts, your focus for that workout is that type of move. Don't just go out and chuck a ball around. Have a purpose to those workouts. Absolutely. So, you know, over those four years, how, you know, Coach Bayheim's still coaching. How was it playing for in the Hall of Fame coach? Coach Bayheim's he's the ultimate player's coach. Uh, I mean... Playing for him and all the other players, you know, we, we loved it every second, every millisecond. He's, uh, I, I wouldn't change anything about it. He's the best coach to play for, uh, for, for a college um, player, I, I feel like, um, especially with the atmosphere that's at, up at Syracuse. And, um, you know, we have a group text. We just text Billy Owens' birthday is today. It's probably... 15 of us former players on a group text that we talk to every day. No other schools have that, really. 
And when I when I bring it up to other schools, they're all kind of jealous that they don't have the camaraderie that we have, and it's because of the common denominator that we all play for Coach Beheim. We all have Beheim stories. We all have, you know, um, similar situations that we dealt with pertaining to Beheim at Syracuse. So it was, um, you know, Beheim's the best man, and I, I wouldn't change it. It's, it's remarkable that he's still coaching there. It's his forty fourth season that he just completed this year, which is just amazing, amazing, amazing. So, um, and, and I don't see him stopping, you know, he, he loves doing it. He's still, uh, doing it at a very high level. And, uh, I'm just hoping before he does retire that we can get him another championship. I, I, I would love to just get one more for him. Yeah. And he's, and he still can run that two, three at a high level for all these years, you know, just truly shows how remarkable of a coach he is. Now you said his forty fourth season. Now is it in? Is it coincidence that they retired your number forty four in the forty fourth season? Well, it just it was it was a, another way for me to one up Derek Coleman. <laughs> Every chance I get to one up him, I one up him because he's got the ultimate one up in that he's the first overall draft pick in nineteen ninety. the only one in Syracuse history still. So um, he's got the ultimate one up. But any chance I can get to one up him a little bit here and there, I'm, I'm taking it. Full, full advantage of it. So in my eyes, absolutely, we did it in the fourth, fourth season <laughs> to really commemorate and 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 immortalize the forty-four number, and 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 one way to, like I said, one up Derek Coleman again. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so your senior year, you guys play in the national championship chip game, March Madness. Any hoops person, that's the best. You know, those first four days of the NCAA tournament are the best four days of the year. What was that atmosphere playing Kentucky in the national championship game? And that was in uh, New Jersey, too, correct? So pretty close to home. So what was that like? Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, when you looking back at it, obviously in hindsight, you're like, damn, that was probably one of the best college teams of all time. You know, with eight, eight or nine players who ended up playing in the NBA on that team alone. Um, so... But that night, that's not what I was thinking. That night, that moment, that weekend, I was thinking I'm the best player on the court and we're going to definitely win. And I firmly believe if I didn't foul out, we would have won. Kentucky was the better team. There's no denying that, obviously. But on that night, we we had them. And uh, if Lazara Sims throws a lob pass instead of the chest pass, it gets deflected, which led to my fifth foul. I dunked the ball. We're down two. We're we're rolling. We're rolling. I'm looking in those guys' eyes. I'm talking all kind of junk to Patino because I know, like, I'm I'm looking at them. They don't want it. They were scared to death. And when I that fifth foul gave them life. Right. Me fouling out gave them life. Uh, so. You know, it's something I think about uh, all the time because it's, you know, it's my only regret. I wish I could have won that title for for Syracuse and brought it home. You know, I, I wanted it so bad. Never felt that kind of pain um, uh, after losing that game. It was so tough. So I've never watched that championship game to this day. It, it was just too painful. Yeah. Too painful. You, you, you fight four years, you know, your whole, you know, Syracuse career, you know, kind of summed up, and you, you're one of the last two teams, and you wish you were that top one, so I, I, I get it. No yeah. doubt. Um, so after that, you, you get over the NCAA championship game, NBA draft comes, and 
you are there and you hear your name called by the New York Knicks 18th overall. Got to be breathtaking and almost a whole nother, you know, all that time you did put in, all those extra moves that you put in each year at Syracuse, it, it's now paying off. What what was that like as a, you know, recent college grad, you know, NBA draft night? Well, well first of all, it was awesome to get drafted, first yeah. off. Whenever you hear David Stern, God bless, um, you know, uh, call your name back then, it was, it was everything. I was upset a little bit because I thought I should have went higher. But it was all offset by going to New York, obviously, which I love New York Knicks since a kid. And then I got a shoe deal with Carl Kanai for 750000 That off, So I made up the money immediately in a sneaker deal that my agent was able to basically had in hand. If I, got, if I went to a, a big market, I was going to get a sneaker deal. So the, the, the seven fifty going to New York and all that offset if I went higher because I'm still like you said, I'm still working for the Knicks today. So I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate that I did slide to 18. I did get drafted by the Knicks. I'm still working for the Knicks and I, and I've, and I've always loved New York. You know, I've, I've always loved New York. And I remember Van Gundy cause I never, I didn't even work out for the Knicks cause I wasn't expected to go that low. So I remember Van Gundy, our first meeting, he, he bluntly said, I don't care why you slid. I'm just happy you did, and I hope you're ready to get to work. That was it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's got to be it, it got to be surreal getting drafted by kind of your childhood uh, Childhood. Oh, absolutely, team. man. You know, home- playing with Patrick Ewing. Yeah. I mean, he's unequivocally the hardest working human being I've ever been around on the basketball court. And I grew up, my very first basketball sneakers I ever wore were Patrick Ewing's. I'm a, you know, as much as I love Syracuse, I love Patrick Ewing too, you know, which was kind of a weird anomaly, right? Because how can you love a Georgetown guy? But, you know, you got to, respect is always there and you got to respect someone who's that good and who worked that hard. Oh, absolutely. And then someone to, you know, look up to, you know, being a, a, a rookie coming in, you know, I know we'll get into one of your other teammates here in a little bit in the conversation, but having a guy, Hall of Famer like Ewing to kind of be there for you and someone for you to compete against is going to help your transition pretty quickly into the NBA. So um, now what was your best memory in the NBA? I'm sure you got a whole bunch of them. I've heard, you know, you and I have talked about it. We talked to a couple of our camps. So, you know, if you had to kind of pick one off the top of your head, what's a great memory that you had playing in the NBA? Oh, best memory. That's tough, man. So many great, great, great memories. Um, you know, draft night is, is incredible. We're just entering the NBA, but actually playing. It was probably my very first NBA game because Oakley ended up getting suspended. And I started, and I got a double-double. And I, I never forget Van Gundy. Before we were in training camp, he basically said, looked at the rookies and said, you guys probably won't play this year. And I defiantly stood up and said, I'm playing. <laughs> Yeah, and I did not work and, this. Hard, I did not work this hard not to play. Yeah, and I and I went out. Plus, I mean, we had already been playing pickup, and I mean, I, I, I did the. I climbed the Mount Everest of toughness in terms of. I dunked on Oakley one play, and he, I flew ten feet from where we made contact, hurt my back, but I jumped up like nothing happened. And uh, he called me later that night and was like, "I like you. You, 
you tough. And he didn't know I was hurt, and I never let him know I was hurt. But that it, it definitely hurt. But I, I knew I was ready, and I knew I was built for it. And I knew I was going to go out and earn it. I, I wasn't, you know, there, there was no afraid or there was no scared. I was like, let's get it. So when Van Gundy said that, I knew I was going to play because I knew I'd been playing pickup with these guys, and I'm I'm holding my own. So don't don't tell me I'm not going to play. So I went out early, and I started the the season off starting in the starting lineup and had a double double in my very first NBA game. So it was incredible. Great statement, you know. Uh, great statement to make as a rookie too, coming in and say. You know, I'm here and I'm, I'm making a statement. So that's great, great story to hear. You know, another thing, a part of that story, the rookie part of it is back when I played, <clears throat> there was like this whole rookie thing. Like you had to carry bags, get donuts, get the newspaper. Well, I wasn't doing that. And myself and Dante Jones, who was probably my best friend on the team at the time, we got drafted together. We weren't doing that. Uh, and I told him, you know, if I'm not doing it, you're not doing it. But at, unbeknownst to us, Walter McCarty was doing it. Now, on, truth be told, I was like, I don't care. You know, he's a Kentucky guy. I, I lost <laughs> in the finals to him, so I don't care. You know, but, you know, they're giving him tips. So Oakley and Larry Johnson approached me and uh, Dante Jones about it. Like, you know, you guys are going to start doing some rookie things around here. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I already told you guys. Long story short, I run up on Larry Johnson and I left Oak with uh, with um, Dante. <laughs> and literally, I'm I'm wrestling with Larry, and he won't he he'll admit it, but I had him. <laughs> I, I'm 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 handling Larry Johnson. I, I got him down, but I could faintly hear in the back behind me saying. Dante Jones saying, Oakley, Oak, I can't breathe. I really can't breathe. <laughs> oh, that is a good story. Oh, man, we get back to him. We're like, man, why you left me with Oak? Because <laughs> I'm not taking him. Oh, that, that, that is good. True story. True story. I know, I know. You, uh, I remember you telling a couple of them at, at camp, and we'll get into Oakley here in a little bit, so I can't wait to get into that conversation. Good old classic Oakley story. So um, now playing, you know, you're, you're in the NBA, and you landed a couple acting roles, and one of them was in a classic movie, He Got Game, with Ray Allen and Denzel Washington. Uh, how was that experience in it? You know, never really been an actor before, but get to step in in a basketball role with, you know, again, one of the best actors. You know, I love Denzel Washington and Ray Allen, one of the best shooters of all time. Well, first of all, shout out to Spike Lee, because uh, he, he, he told us back then, give me everything you got on every scene in this movie and pay you the rest of your life. And honestly, didn't really understand that at the time, but being 46 years old now and still getting checks every month because of that movie, I understand it. So, um, first, you know, that's first of all, I'd be remiss about him, you know, thank him for that and, uh, and, and all that. But doing the movie was awesome. And the, the, the He Got Game movie was so real and authentic because the basketball scenes were, was, not, was nothing scripted. 
it was just us playing ball and he picking up parts of it from us just playing pickup ball. It wasn't like do this or do that or do this play. We were just playing ball. And the whole, when you see everybody in the NBA when they dunk and they're raising the roof, that came from that movie, man. When you, when you go up and dunk on somebody and you get it and you say, I, I got hops. And, and Kyle Kyle Lowry is giving me a shout out on him, Westbrook and him. That, that all comes from he got game. And I ran into Dame Lillard two years ago, and he's like, "Yo, I'm just watching that movie." Like, so this the new this whole generation of NBA guys came up on the he got game movie, which is awesome. And so it, you know it, it just brings it full circle. You just can't believe that you know a movie you did so long ago is still so relevant and. All the NBA guys kind of came up and they love it and they're taking parts from that movie and when they dunk or something in the game, you see it in the NBA game today. It's just, it's just it's, you know, awesome. So, um, you know, being, being a part of that movie was, was, was everything. And, um, you know, obviously Spike Lee picked the, the right guy for it. Um, There's a lot of, you know, she didn't pick someone else instead of Ray Allen, but when you look at the career that Ray Allen ended up having, he picked the right guy. Yeah, I, I grew up, I, I was one of those guys that, you know, there were a few basketball movies around that time. You, you know, you had the good old Space Jam, you had Blue Chips, you know, with, uh, and then yet, you, you know, he got, yeah, he, he got Game was another one. And I, you know, when I was doing, you know, just freshen up on my bio, I never knew you were in that movie until, you know, I, I was really going into your, uh, you know, your career and stuff. So it was pretty cool to see that. And I actually watched it the other night because of it. So, um, now, did Spike Lee kind of pick you up because you were a Nick and, and saw you and thought you'd fit the part? Is that kind of how the, you landed well, the role? What Spike Lee did is he reached out to a couple of Knicks players and he uh, asked, asked us all if we wanted to come down and do a reading for it. So we all went down and read like we were going to be Jesus Shuttlesworth. That, that was the part you had to go and read for. And from that, he uh, deduced if you could be in the movie or not. No. So... That's why myself, Walter McCarty, and then, uh, um, uh, man, I can't even think of his name right now, uh, Travis Best, and then uh, Hill Harper. That's the point guard in the movie. He's the he's a big time actor now, but that he was like, he wasn't really uh, doing much at the time. But Hill Harper is the point guard in that movie. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Still love it. It was, it was fun to watch it. The that other movie broke out. Uh, that was like Rosario Dawson's like breakout type movie. Yeah, there there were a few, and it, um, yeah, it was very cool to watch that again the, the other night and kind of see those you know see Ray Allen and see some of those younger actors you know even Denzel back in the day you know he's he's still acting he's been around forever but it was very cool to kind of to see it again after I didn't see that movie in ten years probably so. Um, now Dublin back. Let's let's go back. What what was it? You know, get let's get back to Oakley here. What was it like to play with Oakley? You've told me some great practice stories with him, but you said he was pro probably the toughest guy you've ever met. Oh yeah, he was definitely the toughest guy in the NBA. You know, during my time and during his whole time, I'm sure. Um, and and it was a known thing. It wasn't like uh, you know this hidden gem or something that. That was a very known thing, and uh, and 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 it came with a lot of respect, and because he played hard, he brought it every night, and that's all you ask of any player to put on their hard hat and bring it. And he brought it every night, and playing with him 
uh, on the Knicks and on the Toronto Raptors. You know, being his teammate on two different teams in multiple places, it was always the same guy. And he brought it, and he brought it, and he brought it. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't the most athletic guy. He wasn't the quickest guy. And, and honestly, I don't think I've, I've, I've ever seen him even dunk. But in terms of getting everything out of what you uh, have in your body, he did that. And, and that's all you can ask for out of any athlete is to maximize their potential. So Oak definitely did that. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're still we're, we're still friendly to this day. You know, talk to him here and there. But, you know, uh, uh, Oak, Oak was uh, just, a, just a really tough, tough, hard-fought guy, man. Really tough, hard-fought guy. Now, now, when you guys teamed up again in Toronto, did you guys kind of bring a different atmosphere into Toronto, having the work ethic with each other from the Knicks days? Oh, yeah, we definitely brought it. We brought that mentality. I mean, there's no, there's no coincidence that um, Tracy and Vince ended up taking off and doing it because we were we were helping those guys when they were young with how to win, how to be tough, how to practice habits, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, cause, so because those guys were high. See those guys young. I mean, they were just phenomenal. Just. Just raw, raw talent. Right. Watching this card is one of those guys, and when the first time you play against him, you call everyone you know to tell them, like, yo, I, this guy is very similar to Jordan, I'm telling you. Didn't like, you know, it was crazy. Oh, I, I can only imagine just seeing what he can do, you know, with all the dunks he's had in his days. And you, you remember some of him back when he was that young, where he, I think it was the Olympics where he dunked over a seven footer, and, you know, just some of the stuff you would see is, you know, not, hu not, not human. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, bringing everything together, you know, your, you know, All-American High School, four-year Syracuse National Championship, uh, NBA career. Um, you now do a lot of camps uh, working with kids. What are some of the key lessons and skills that you really try to plant into those kids at your camps? First of all, Basketball is a beautiful sport because you don't really need anyone to get better. You just need a ball, and not every drill you need a ball. So you, sometimes you don't even need a ball. But you don't need a bunch of friends. You just need the will and the work ethic to go out and practice and work on your game every single day. Every single day, whether it's get up shots, work on your dribbling, work on your conditioning. Um, you know. Just, just doing something every single day to try to get better. My, my motto was back in the day, I used to work out 10 hours every day. And it kept me out of trouble and it kept my, my game growing. And I, I, when I was going through growth spurts, they were tough, but I was able to manage them because I was working out so much that I, I didn't have to recalibrate my whole body all the time when I would grow. I was constantly working out, so as I was growing, the the, the the new length on the tendons and muscles at the time was was getting uh, the muscle memory repetition necessary to, to to keep me up. Like so, I wasn't so uncoordinated as I was growing. So it's just all about work, man. I I, I just I love 
working out every single day. Um, that's I just loved it. N- nothing was more important, and, 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 and nothing was going to get me to where I needed to be, to the point where I'm talking to you now. I wouldn't be here now if I didn't work as hard as I worked when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. You know, that, that, that laid the foundation. That let me know that um, hard work, you know, you, you work hard enough, you will get the results you want. And I didn't, I, I started working out like that, like 13, 14 years old, and I didn't really see the results until I was about 17. You know, in my junior year, like you know, 16, 17, three years later, I'm seeing the results of the 10 hours a day. And a lot of people don't have the, the, the intestinal fortitude to, to stay there for the, to stay the course when you're not seeing the results immediately. You know, Drew, you don't see results in basketball in a, in a month or a week. You know, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. It takes, you gotta get up and get after it every single day to get the ultimate result you want. The, the, there's exactly there's only so much that as coaches that you can you the kids can come two three four days a week to practice and play in the games but they get better on their own they have to take what they're learning and go apply it somewhere um so exactly. i could, could not agree with you more on that front um now now summing everything up you know you know ending off on the the conversation what are some inspiring words that you could pass along to today's student athlete well, today's student athletes in a beautiful place with social media, and if they learn how to use it right, um, you can build your brand organically and, and keep it and own your brand. And, and if you end up blowing up or whatever, then you, you own it right from the start. But um, with, with the social media platform that's available to the, to the, to the players, with, with all these resources out there and um, Google that you can read, you can uh, look up NBA workouts and these, uh, this workout that like there's like, I just used to go to the court and just work on my left hand that day. I'd say for that day, I wasn't going to, uh, all my shots going to be mostly left-handed and, you know, work on my dribble one day, I would say, I would, you know, then one day work on my shot, but now they have these skills and these uh, drills set in place by NBA players, by NBA trainers that you can go and readily look at and do every single day and really grow your game exponentially if you want to for free by just watching on Google. There's so many workouts. There's so many drills. uh, And if you want to be a pro, not basketball, but all these sports, there's drills for soccer, baseball, football, there's all kinds of drills all over um, social media that, that you can uh, tap into and, and help your game immediately. So if you're an athlete today, you should be inspired to know that some of the greatest athletes that do what you do are sharing some of their inside secrets and tips on how to get better. What's better than that, Drew? Nothing. It's I, If I see a play or something as a coach that, yeah, hey, how do I beat this? I need a different version. I Google it. There's resources galore, and you are 100% yeah. correct on that. And there's there's a skill that my team or a couple of kids need to work on. I Google it, and I find it, and I'll adapt it to my offense sometimes. But it's a great resource for players, coaches, you know, fans of the game. Whatever you are, you have unlimited resources, as you said. Absolutely, and that's why, that's why I, you know, 
I, I try to, I'm, I'm not in, like, I didn't come up during that phase, so I'm, I try to adapt to it. And uh, quite honestly, uh, I, I tell kids to do that, but, like, when I go to do workouts and everything, I really don't go into the Google Maps and, or, or, I mean, the Google situation. I just go into my my my, re, my retention and Van Gundy and Bayheim, they always had great drills, Pat Rowley's of the world, uh, that great drills that I remember, and I just do those drills still to, to this day with, with uh, when I do workouts. No, that's great, and obviously your boys are benefiting from that too, so that's, uh, you know, I'm sure you got JoJo out there every day, and then JoJo's probably out there on his own every day shooting, getting some work up, so. That's a good thing about Joe, you know, he does do it on his own, I don't have to say, you know, let's go and do this, do that, he, a lot of times he goes up there on his own and uh, gets it in, so that's good, he does his own running, jump rope, everything, you know, we're ready, as soon, soon we get the, uh, the A-OK and the thumbs up for basketball season, whatever, we hit the ground running, cannot wait, <laughs> cannot wait. I'm excited, we'll, we'll, we'll be there, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but thanks, you know, John, I, I really appreciate you hopping on the phone today. You know, always a pleasure talking with you. And, um, you know, please give your family uh, my best when, uh, when we hang up here. All good. You too, Drew. Talk to you soon, my man. All right, absolutely. Wow, what a great conversation we just had with former Nick John Wallace. Shared some of his experiences playing for the great Jim Beheim at Syracuse University. Some of his playing day experiences with the Raptors. And with the Knicks, Patrick Ewing, his rookie year story about Larry Johnson and Charles Oakley about carrying around the team's luggage. Very interesting. But as he said, he spent 10 hours a day working, getting better, developing his game. As him and I were wrapping up the conversation, players, young athletes, you have to understand you can go to as many practices, as many games, as many tournaments, but you get better as a player in your own time developing yourself, practicing with a purpose in your workouts. So don't forget that. Those were words coming from someone that's played at the highest level, had his name called on draft night, and landed himself a nice little sneaker deal on draft night as well. So, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Be well and take care.